behind the shades. I like the background, the image on the wall there. What exactly Jeez. is that? It's just a tapestry. So it's just like a cloth tapestry and you just tack it right up. Actually, I had something similar when I went to Cuba back when we can travel. It's like so many years ago now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I put it on my wall. It was this orange and yellow and reddish. And it said Cuba. It was so nice, but uh. I just couldn't get used to it being on the wall, even though I liked the way it looked. I guess it was just me adapting to actually having something on the wall that wasn't, you know, one of those... Um, Pictures that you blow up of yourself in a, in a in an act of um, self arrogance, right? Oh, oh, is that what you were used to? <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny. How's your day so far? Oh, it's going well. Um, it's still it's still uh, the morning here. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm not sure where you are. I'm in Toronto, Ontario. So it's twelve sixteen p.m. Eastern time. Gotcha. Same here. It's Eastern time as well. Um, it's so funny because I've been connecting with so many people from Toronto and I actually just moved from Buffalo, New York. So I used to be right over the border. I've been to Toronto a bunch. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I've just been connecting with so many people from Toronto lately. So <laughs> oh, this is the best city in the world. <laughs> I know It is a nice city. Honestly, I miss being closer yeah. to it, but I mean, even with COVID before I hadn't been there in a while for, you know, concert or show or anything. Yeah, I used to go to Buffalo. Um, I probably went to Buffalo three times in 2019 just for shopping. Your deals are amazing in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely, definitely good deals. And I think that's a lot of people would, it's so close, right? And you can come right over um, and get good deals like at the outlet malls and things like that there. Yeah, I think from me, I think it was just over an hour. I think it was like maybe 90 okay. minutes altogether, even with Border Patrol and asking right. questions. It's always the Border Patrol and the traffic. Like geographically, it's not even that far. Um, yeah, because once in a while I've done like we do a trip to Toronto. And it's like, oh, it's only an hour, hour and a half. And then it turns to two and a half hours with some traffic. But usually it wasn't too bad. Yeah, one of my friends, she used to date someone that lived in Ohio. Okay. Um, in Cleveland, actually, and she yeah. used to travel. She had, um, I forget the name of that pass where you can like bypass the traffic line when you get to the border. Oh, um, yeah, some pass that she bought because she was going to see him so often. And I asked her, I was like, how much does it cost? Yeah. <laughs> right? But I wasn't going there that often, but I think she was going to, I think she would go to see him. I think she would go down one weekend and then I think he would okay. come up. Sure. So it, it worked out. But to go two or three times, I miss I miss coming to the States. I'm dying yeah. to, to be back just to drive through because I love road trips. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, me too. And we, we, me and my partner had planned a road trip earlier in the year and plans have gotten changed because um, there's still so much I want to see. And I too love to travel. And that's, that's probably the biggest itch. I think there's so many things that are normal now. We've taken on as normal. It's no big deal. Um but I'm missing traveling for sure. And I know for like a lot of people in the Buffalo area, like they lived in Toronto, like my, some of my professors, like down even lower part of New York lived up in Toronto and things like that. So I think there's a lot of communities that people aren't even connected because there is that border issue. Um, and I know that was the case too. We couldn't even travel from New York to other states like Ohio. So like when I first moved here, I wasn't technically allowed to go back home, but there were some things in like the move that I needed to do needed to get taken care of. And um, I think they're finally lifting that, at least in New York State in April. Yeah, I, t I would tell people that I'm all for the elevated sense of cleanliness. 
right? Yes. Even though um, I'm kind of surprised most people weren't washing their hands and keeping distance yes. from each it's other. It's kind of like, it, it, it absolutely is. Like, those are going to be the things like, yeah, the amount of people that like didn't have hand washing as a habit was kind of scary. So that's good. And I think in general, there are some etiquette things that are going to make probably some infections like go down in general and like just people more comfortable, like just, just keep a distance, not needed to be so kind of on top of each other at all times. I do think those are some good things. Yeah. That's one thing I won't miss. I won't miss the crowds. I remember the elevators alone, everyone like packed like sardine right. cans, right? Right. Exactly. And like, that's just uncomfortable. And you do think about like how many more coughs and colds would you just get for, because that was like kind of normal. So that change I am personally also okay with. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess we'll officially get started. Wonderful. And I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades. I have my lovely guest, Trish, with us today. And Trish, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and who you are? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I am Trish Whetstone. I go by the Feel Good Gut Coach. So I'm a holistic health specialist, stress expert, and intuitive eating advocate, especially helping people with issues like IBS um, and other gut issues like that because of my own journey with uh, working through IBS, healing and managing it. Um, so I help people with nutrition and stress management, and I'm a personal coach for people who are struggling with those issues. Perfect. For those who don't know, what is IBS and what are some of the symptoms of it? Absolutely. IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. And some of the main symptoms are like bowel movements and digestive concerns, everything from, you know, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, all those fun things we don't like to talk about that cause us discomfort. Um, and really like in order to have IBS, you have those things consistently. Everybody has digestive concerns every now and again, but IBS is really a syndrome where it's like, we're not quite sure why this is happening. Um, but we, we do know that there's issue kind of deep down in the gut and there could be some other underlying causes but in general it's like it's an irritable bowel so when you say irritable meaning that i guess it's um i'm trying to pick my words <laughs> wisely here <laughs> so i guess irritable as in it's like an annoyance meaning that um you feel that you constantly have to go to the washroom or is it more so a pain while you're doing that or is it maybe a mixture of column a a mixture of column b and something of column c Exactly. It's a mixture of column A, B, and C. It's kind of one of those things, gut issues in general, but especially IBS are very different for everybody. Um, so you can kind of have a mix of constipation, diarrhea, and with that, you can have some people have more cramping and pain. Some people have more nausea. Um, sometimes it's dependent on the day. Um, we do know, I like to think some of the top triggers for things like this are foods. So a lot of times there are specific foods and people find they have sensitivities or intolerances, foods they really can't tolerate. And then stress is also huge. So it's like, depending on what's happening in that person's life, they ha might have different issues. Um, and that's kind of like, there are other illnesses and um, sicknesses within the gut, but IBS is one of those ones where it kind of has column A, B, and C, like you said, um, and it's kind of like we just give it this syndrome of, of irritable bowel, but it can be frustrating and hard to, to deal with for that reason. How important is the food aspect? And the reason why I asked that question, I remember... I don't eat meat. So I used to be um, vegan and then went to pescatarian now only seafood. I remember hearing, I don't, it's been so long, I don't remember myself going through this, but I remember some of my friends would say they would have like, you know, trying to have this delicious steak and it was so good. 
but they wouldn't have a bowel movement for two to three days. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. So what <laughs> I found was it seemed to me because I'm the I'm on the outside of the meat eaters looking in because I don't eat it. I began to realize that there's so many people who eat maybe a lot of red meat that don't actually go to the washroom, don't have a bowel movement daily, where as opposed to me, where I eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of things that are um, water-based. Um, I find myself, and now we're, I'm taking it back to my childhood, I'm doing number one a lot more, <laughs> right? Right. But the bowel movement I'm having in the morning, and I'm pretty much good, but it's consistent. Mm -hmm. Do you find... That's maybe a problem for those who, one, aren't having consistent bowel movement, and two, they may actually go a couple of days without one. Yeah. So first of all, I love that you're bringing this up because first I want to like point out that isn't normal. <laughs> Some people like, especially have conversations with people and they're like, I just don't go every day. That's okay. It's like, not really. <laughs> it's a natural process, our way of detoxifying. And that really isn't normal first off. Um, but there are a couple of things that I want to say. There's a lot of nuances when it comes to gut health and like what to eat and what not to eat. So first what I'll say, what you're promoting and what you're, what you're doing for yourself is a lot of plant-based foods. And what's great about that is they do have a higher water intake, which is hydrating and can promote healthy bowel movements. And they're also really fibrous, plant-based natural foods from nature, um, meaning like fruits and vegetables and natural grains and beans and legumes have a lot of fiber. And as a kind of standardization, fiber is absolutely needed for a healthy gut. It promotes healthy, regular bowel movements. And it also actually like promotes a really healthy environment in what we call our gut microbiome, which is like this mixture of bacteria and viruses and fungi, which seem wrong, but they're actually really healthy because we have good bugs that do really good things for us. So as a, as a note, that is a really great thing to promote is more whole plant-based foods um, unprocessed. Now, what not to eat for the gut is different for everybody. For some people, red meat is an issue because um, red meat is really high in protein. It's not very fibrous um, compared to some other meats. Like some people do better with fish or like, you know, poultry, like chicken and turkey. And so um, that works for some people. Um, however, some of the other biggest triggers besides meat are gluten and dairy. Um, so gluten is the protein found in wheat and a lot of grains like that. Um, and then dairy is, of course, you know, cheese and milks and things like that. Um, so it certainly is not one size fits all. But I think these are a lot of different foods for people to look at because essentially they're not as fibrous. They don't have as many phytonutrients that really kind of nourish the gut as much. Anywhere and everywhere. There's a 30 to 60 day diet, right? You drink this, you can do this. You you eat that. You know, yesterday at, at work, someone told me there was like um, a tea that can make your butt bigger. So you have, <laughs> so you have all of these, which I didn't know by the way, but you have all of these out there. And you're right. Like I can, me being a pescatarian works for me. It may not work for you. It may not work for my audience. And my friends or some of my friends who eat red meat, it's working for them to a degree. Not not the one that's still going two or three days without a bowel movement. But overall, did you find that people were less aware than you anticipated? Or were you kind of expecting people to not be as knowledgeable in general when it came to um, the factors that affect their bowel movement? So I would say like the, the truth is there are still things where it's like, 
I, I'm like, yeah, you know what? There, there is more things to be aware of. And when I have conversations with people, we, we chat about all these different nuances when it comes to nutrition and they learn a lot. But I will say, I actually kind of do expect that because that was my experience. Like I was like a pretty much a healthy eater, right? Like I ate some processed foods, but I didn't eat too much. And I did like my fruits and veggies and I had a good balance. So I didn't realize that there are these intricacies that are important. And um, one of the things that I really, really, the biggest thing that I can promote as a general principle is having more variety in the diet. Um, so I think oftentimes when it comes, like you mentioned your friend with the red meat, some people do great and fine with like cleaner grass fed beef, but just don't have it every day. We know that can cause heart disease and isn't great and too much can maybe be causing that constipation. A lot of times when it comes to issues with the gut, we're having too much of one sort of food and not enough variety in our bodies, like really thrive off of all this biodiversity that different foods can give us. And diet culture can often promote like, you know, this supplement or this tea is all you need, right? It's a one size fits all cure all. And that isn't true. So I have, I, you know, want to just throw caution out there. If you find yourself going down one path towards one way of eating one product, one sort of food and not kind of seeing the full picture. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is what you said is it really is different for everybody. Some people actually do really well with clean meat and then some plant-based foods in there when it comes to the gut. Some people do fantastic, completely plant-based. Um, just because your friend had success with it, don't get your hopes up. You need to kind of find what works for you. Is there a way for each person to identify what works for them? What are maybe um, some direction that you can give to them? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to kind of preface this by saying it might not seem fun, <laughs> but this really is, is a great thing to do is to, t to keep a food journal and track what you're eating. So literally write down in your journal what you ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner that day. What was your mood around that time? Um, what was going on in your life? Did you have a bowel movement? When did you have it throughout the day? Did you have other symptoms? Like, did you you know notice uh, that you had a headache or that you were fatigued or that your joints started to hurt? All these other things can affect um, be effects of an unhealthy gut. Maybe you found, you know, three days later, you started breaking out in your skin and you can kind of look back and this will give you some really good data over time to kind of find certain food triggers. Um, alongside of this, some people might want to do a brief elimination diet. And I say brief because I don't want to promote restriction for too long, but maybe two to four weeks in the grand scheme of your life, 30 days isn't that big of a deal. And it's not a fix all. This isn't like a 30 day, you're gonna be great. It's 30 days of maybe committing to eating cleaner, getting rid of biggest trigger foods like gluten and dairy, like I mentioned, maybe red meat for a lot of people. Um, you see how you feel. If you're feeling better, your skin issues are starting to clear up, your bowel movements are normal, then you can go back to enjoying those foods. But again, track it and write it down find what's worth it and not worth it for you. Respect your body. If you're finding the pizza and the cheese and the meat or whatever it is, is hurting your body. Listen to that and then make a choice from there on what you want to do moving forward. I did something like that. Um, and I found out and much to my disappointment, given that I love this food so much, it was um spicy foods i felt yes. after a while didn't sit well with me not that i was 
man, it was such a pain to realize I can't eat anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> I realized that, um, so two things are happening. One, um, I was getting heartburn um, or acid reflux. I think it's 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 usually yeah. called. Okay? Yeah. And two, um, I, I, I would have this slight, not discomfort, but it was like a slight tingling in my stomach. And I realized it was that because as you mentioned, um, as someone that doesn't eat meat, there's not a lot I can eat, <laughs> right? So right. you're able to eat and never down. So when I realized it was that, I think that's probably the best way to look at it because who knows what could have happened if I kept eating that for a prolonged period of time. And maybe for some people, it's not that easy because they're eating any and everything mm-hmm. and they're not able to keep a journal. But I'm pro, I'm, um, I would strongly believe in keeping the journal because as you're identifying certain foods you begin to realize what works for you what works for your body and as you get older maybe things that worked for you in your 20s may not work for you in your 40s is that something that's accurate it is totally accurate our our bodies change as we change that's one of the things that um can sometimes be a hard pill to swallow or we don't want to Um, recognize like when I for example I am gluten intolerant and lactose intolerant so I mostly avoid gluten and I I pretty much avoid dairy as well and my thought was like you know my journey this was in my early 20s so I hadn't even lived that long of a life but I was like I had grilled cheese every single day there's no way that it's gluten and dairy bread and cheese and I'm like wait okay I was eating it every day and I was starting to have these symptoms it makes sense but Basically, what I can say on that is don't judge yourself. Don't think it's wrong. Know that that can happen, that over time, these, um, you know, poor nutrition habits or health issues can kind of accumulate. And then when it rears its head, we want to be either in denial, um, but but know that it is normal. It can change, like you said, over your lifespan. And it really is just a matter of choosing what is more worth it for you. Although I love foods and I still consciously indulge in a lot of foods that maybe aren't as healthy on a daily basis, I eat more to nourish myself. Um, but ultimately, like I, I realized I, I don't want to live like that every day. It just wasn't worth it to be uncomfortable and to be out of sorts all the time. I actually want to be more energized and show up as a better person. And I kind of had to make that choice of like, I deserve that. I'm going to have to put some time and energy into this and invest in healthier eating, healthier lifestyle, but it's going to be worth it. I don't think there's anyone on this earth that hasn't had a love for a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> I agree. Right? It is one it of those is... ones I can still taste it. <laughs> the mouth waters when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a dairy. I haven't had dairy or meat in so long. But if there's one thing I remember, it is the grilled cheese sandwich. Even when you're talking about it, I'm like, can I? Can my body even handle it after all these years? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You you just don't know. Um, and, and it's so funny because I was just having a conversation about this that we're battling a lot of things when it comes to healthy eating. So like, just be aware of it. Like we're battling society. There's dairy and, and meat and processed foods thrown at us all times. It's hidden in foods. That's a lot of times what people don't realize that dairy and gluten and a lot of these things are are, are hidden within foods, even, even meat-based products, right? Are, are hidden within oils and things that you wouldn't think like, what, this is French fries. <laughs> um, it's a potato. It should be just a potato, but how does it have breadcrumbs and, and, you know, 
lard on it. What? Um, but at the same time, we're also battling our nostalgia. And it's it's okay to look back fondly and like be thankful for that. But um, that, that can make it tough because there's a lot of like food is simply put nourishment. But at the same time, it's more than that. It's, it's connection with friends and family. It's celebration. Um, so keep those things in mind too, if you're thinking of making this change, like how can you still um, find joy in food? How can you still make it pleasurable and fun and still find, you know, alternatives and things that work for you? It's like when um, someone orders uh, a baked potato at a restaurant and it comes in with all this decoration, the sour cream, the butter, the oil, and you actually have to go through all that to actually get to the potato, Just right? To get to the potato. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my one of my coworkers, she actually is trying to eat healthier. And two of her complaints, and actually I've heard this and I'll let you touch on it, is one, it seems the healthier she eats, the smaller the portion. And I laughed, right? Because when you when you have um, food that's, a, let's say, fast food, right? You go to your local McDonald's, Wendy's, portions, or even, oh, since you, since you still live in Buffalo, when I used to go to the States, your proportions doesn't even compare to in Canada. Your large is like our extra, extra, extra large. Oh my gosh. Large. In America, we do everything big, right? right? Supersize <laughs> everything. Yeah. X is like, go big or go home. And then two... So she's complaining about how small her portions are and to the expense. And when you mentioned investment, I told her, look at it like this. It's an investment in you. That's the best investment you can ever put your time and effort and money in. And two, you will never get a better return on yourself when you, I told her, you have two children. Wouldn't you want to live to be, what is average age, 85 and fully healthy versus you know what you're approaching your 40s you have this pain you have this pain when you get out of your car your knees hurt your back hurts your shoulder hurts right. you know it's it's like <laughs> it's like you sound you begin to sound like the door that needs oil right everything is creaking <laughs> exactly and right? you know what's so funny about this is you know as i maybe previously mentioned a lot of my gut issues started to develop early early 20s like i was really young and i like to use this dramatic example but it's really how i felt like i would feel like i got hit by a bus i'd roll out of bed my back was aching i was tired i was fatigued i'm like i'm 20 years old it shouldn't be like this i don't want this for my future right so like you mentioned i think what what it really comes down to is intentionality about thinking about it as an investment. What is the payoff? Is this worth it for me? What do I want my future to look like, right? I want to show up better for my kids, for my family. I want to continue to grow my passions and career, whatever it is. Really thinking about that and honing in on what you value most and what's important for you. And then that investment is going to be worth it because our brains are wired for instant gratification, right? Like evolutionarily, we were hunting and if there was something there, we needed it. And our brains still kind of work like that. We'd rather have the cupcake on the counter because it's right there than to choose a healthier option. But I think it's exactly what you said. It's intentionality, looking at it as an investment, it's going to pay off down the line in preventing medical bills. Um, and one other thing I do like to say is it's likely that you, if you choose a healthier lifestyle, you're going to be taking fast food off the, off the counter. You're going to be taking away cafe and ice cream trips and things like that. So maybe you're actually going to spend some less because you're planning your meals, you're being intentional, and you're not taking the sporadic trips to go get candy and soda and things like that. You touched on it and... 
I'm actually going to have you take us down that path. When it comes to your own journey, um, when did it start and how far down did you go before you realized you wanted to make a change for the better, ultimately bringing you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe it was probably around 20, 21 years old. Um, and you know, my body started to change a little bit in college and I'm like, all of a sudden I used to be able to eat anything, no worries. And all of a sudden I noticed food was affecting my energy and of course my stomach and things of that nature. And I probably, because I am someone who is aware of their body and I am already had a passion for health, it didn't take me too long to like want to start to dive in. So within a couple months of this happening, I started to be like, well, let me add a probiotic. Let me go to the doctor and realizing that some of those things were just cover-ups and I wasn't really getting to the root of the problem. So I actually really struggled for a good couple of years, probably two, three, three and a half years um, before I decided on a whim, I saw an advertisement for a health coaching program and the way it was advertised was very holistic. And I'm like, I had started doing yoga and things at that time. And, and I realized that there was a lot more going on than even just food. And if I was going to go down a healthier food path, I needed support and specific guidance rather than just Googling. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, my gastroenterologist mailed me a diet. They're like, we're going to mail you this diet in the mail. It's like, okay, I could have looked that up online. Like I needed someone kind of to hold my hand. So uh, basically a few years down my, my journey, I joined this coaching program really to help myself. Like if I can help other people, great, but ultimately I need the support. And it was through that journey that my own passion grew and I started to heal myself and really changed my lifestyle. And I'm like, wow, I want to share this with other, with other people because I kind of feel like I hit gold and I want other people to know about these solutions and this way of looking at it. Right. And um, so that's just a little bit about my journey. How does it feel to take your experiences and help others avoid some of the things that you went through? Oh my gosh, it's so gratifying. And it's, it's, really fun. Actually, it's kind of nice when it's like a pain to power story, right? When we're like, I really went through a lot, but I want to help others who are in that situation. Cause I know I can truly empathize, even if it's not exactly the same, everyone's experience is different. I generally know what a lot of people are going through. Cause I had the whole gamut of the gut issues from, from skin to joint, uh, gas blowing, diarrhea, constipation, all those things. Um, and it, it feels like, if there's something good to have come out of that experience, then it was worth it. And, and I want to share what I know. So it feels, it feels really great. Is there anything that you'd like to at least tell to the next generation of men and women who are saying, I'm starting to experience this, but I'm listening to Trish now, I'm listening to Terrain now, and I want to make sure that I don't have the constipation, don't have the diarrhea, don't have the aches and, and pains. What advice would you give them going forward as they may be experiencing or they may be on the path to experiencing what you experience because the age is so close. Yeah, exactly. You know what I would say is learn to start to listen to your body. And one of the simplest things that I actually like to, simplest tips and strategies that I like to give to people is to practice mindful eating because it doesn't cost any money and it can be stressful to go down this path with, with what foods do I eat? What do I do? What do I not do? And mindful eating is the practice of sitting with our meal and chewing our food, 
20 to 30 bites, really experiencing it, noticing the textures. That actually is gonna help your digestion. Your saliva actually starts the digestive process. You're less likely to overeat when you're slowing down because your body can naturally get to that fullness cue rather than when we wolf it down and then we want dessert after in seconds and things like that. Um, and this is also when your body's really gonna start to give you those signals of when a food works for you or doesn't work for you. You're gonna either feel energized after or you're gonna feel sluggish and, and get the bloat and things like that. So this is a simple thing to, in our fast paced world, slow down, take some deep breaths while you eat. And this is gonna start to build that like uh, connection between your mind and your body that you need. Um, so that's one of the, I think the simplest things you can do today. And then the last thing I'll say is don't shy away from getting support. There's no shame in this. I've worked with plenty of people. Gut issues are a thing. You're not weird for having gut issues. In fact, they're becoming more and more common, whatever that looks like for you. If it's your doctor, nutritionist, a health coach like myself, I think it's worth connecting with supports early on. So you don't have to go down a long path of struggling. And I agree. I think sometimes we shy away from that because to admit that there may be an issue is being vulnerable, yeah. uh, right? To ask for help. And a lot of us are, I don't want to use the word problem. Maybe we don't have the courage to say, Trish, I need help with this, especially around something that, let's be honest, it's a little embarrassing to say I'm having sure. bowel movement ish issues. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> It's kind of like no one really talks about what happens in a bathroom. Exactly. Right? Like if there's, I guess uh, the two most secretive areas of the house is what happens in the bedroom, what happens in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that you, you, you hit the nail on the head there by saying it's a vulnerable experience and being vulnerable feels really scary and it does take courage. Um, but I like to tell people, and I said this before, even in, in past careers I had, like, you don't need to really be um, embarrassed by me. Like, I'm the person who wants to normalize talking about the bathroom. It is totally okay. Um, I, I don't know that I'll know exactly your experience. I'm not going to say I'm the cure-all solution, but I've been there and I'm not going to judge. And I think even when we have conversations, whomever you have this conversation with, you'll probably find that you're not as alone as you thought you were and having these conversations can kind of open it up for other people. Like I've, I've had past classmates reach out to me and say, um, wow, I was going through this too. Like during the time that we were in school together and, and working together and I had no idea that you were going through it too. And I'm like, I didn't know you were going through it because <laughs> we don't talk about it. Um, so taking that leap, um, but you know, of course uh, with someone you trust, is, is really helpful. And maybe first opening up to someone you trust to kind of get your, your feet wet and talking about it and then continue to build your supports from there. Yeah, then once you have the your foot in the door with the first support, you can go from there and then open up and say everything. Um, obviously hold some things back because it's still the bathroom after all. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to be too descriptive, but right. it's, it's, it's something that's important because every, with the way it, everyone's body is right the amount of time and effort we put into making the outside the external part of our body look good we at times neglect the internal and that's even more important we will style our hair put on makeup we do this we do that we put on this effort every day every month every year 
for as long as we can. Even if we don't like something, we fix it. But when it comes to not only mental health, but mm -hmm. the internal health, the digestive system, bowel movements, we seem to just take a, I hope it works out kind of approach, yeah. right? Yep, exactly. I would, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think that, um, Basically what you're saying, like we, we, we brush our teeth, we, we do our hair, we put on makeup, we get dressed every day, we try out different styles and those things just are habits, right? And basically over time you had to find your style or find the way to dress yourself and do your makeup and whatever. And um, know that you can build those habits over time with your internal health and your mental health as well. It might seem harder because we can't see again that instant gratification of a uh, new outfit or whatever when we just you know eat some vegetables <laughs> uh, but no like it kind of is, is a process of trust like trusting this is going to work even if i can't see it right away i can't see or feel the results right away it is working even before i see that happening and also like trusting yourself that like you can build these habits you can do these things because you've learned to tie your shoes and get dressed and do all those other things yeah, absolutely you can do these other things it, it might seem harder but usually it's so much harder than we even, um, it's not as hard as we think. Our brain makes it so much harder. Absolutely. We're going to make um, the bedroom, the bathroom, just as sexy as getting that new outfit on. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love it. We yeah, just want to make sure everyone feels good that when they leave the bathroom, just as they've just come out of the shower, yeah. once they have a successful pain-free bowel movement, we want yeah. to see the same type of smile. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Hey, you could be a spokesperson person for what I do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I do try. I do try. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Any um, any final words, Trish? Are we close any? to? Yeah. Oh, well, I really appreciate your time, and I would just say, um, you know, I've I've said a couple times on here, like, listen to your body, and you're like, what does that even mean? I think it's really. Uh, again, a process of slowing down and just kind of trusting, like, no, there are solutions out there. No, you are absolutely capable and you're worthy of this. I think sometimes we think, well, why, why should I invest in myself? Why should I take this time to, um, you know, make these changes? You are totally, absolutely worth it. Just like you'd invest in, you know, a new phone or whatever, like you, you can invest in yourself, this time and energy, it will be worth it. It is absolutely possible. So have hope and trust in yourself.